And then I got to climb up Avengers Tower. That was really fun, by the way. And he said the only reason he saw it is because it got dropped off of a roof and we don't really use them much anymore, but they still work. Have you watched it yet? Oh, they're shooting themselves in both feet multiple times, reloading and doing it again. You could fry eggs on their head. Yeah, if you want to spin it based upon a fairly obscure part of quote unquote lore from a video game. I'm like, but they're, they're not fun. real, but they feel they're fun real. characters. They might say something like that, but <laughs> no, sounds really I love bad. how that sounds. That yeah. sounds terrible. Um, I'm not. Yeah. A big... <laughs> I, I don't. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Mike had to chime in there. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Captain Influence likes to watch. Trust me. Oh, okay, yeah. go ahead. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero. I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This. Two is one. The Real Brian Show. Welcome back. It is time to end your week right. So sit back and relax while we bring you the positive, the fun, and the all over the place show muggles cannot handle. Now we've got some interesting follow-ups to our discussion on the placebo effects, updates, and opinions on some TV shows that we're watching. Oh my gosh, I have a lot of new music to share with you. Can't wait for that. And my two-year-old Alienware laptop died already? PC load letter? What the f*** does that mean? Let's rock it! Uh, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I am The Real Brian. I'm Captain Influence, and Brian, that really Stinks about your laptop. That's that's unfortunate. But Seriously. there's a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. I know. We'll get to that, won't we? Yep. Oh, boy. We got to talk about that. Okay. So I got to figure this one out here, though. Have you ever had a PC load letter? I've never heard of it. <laughs> I had neither. PC load letter. Yeah, what the? No, I'm not even. I mean, no, no. Okay, okay. No, I've, I, oh. I've heard of it in office space, but that's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's a printer kind of thing but uh, hey whatever man I've never had it on my computer <laughs> dude, now, dude. Yeah, yeah, now if my Mike were on he, he'd know exactly what the heck that is and he'd, he'd go on about it for about 30-40 minutes and uh, yeah and yeah all of you would be very educated at that point but uh, unfortunately Mike is not on right now I'm just pretending to be Mike <laughs> and uh, yeah so let's get on with the show you know I want to shout out to Mike and say thanks because I put out a little uh, you know group to a group chat to the game night guys and of course mike chimed in along with all the other guys ed eric john you didn't chime in i don't know what i'm talking about so no that's okay but they all chimed in and everybody (laughs) had their opinions about you know here's what you got to do if you're going to build a pc and one of those are the guys to ask yeah yeah it was so funny one of mike's greatest recommendations here though was put all your money into rgb lighting (laughs) i to which it just sounds okay. I agree with that. I'm just like, yeah, you know, spend a thousand dollars to make your computer look pretty because that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if it works, right? Yeah. Pimp your ride, man. Pimp your ride, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, two years old, this laptop dies. Still diagnosing it, by the way. So, first of all, I think I mentioned it a while ago that we were having some what I thought was heat issues. 
And then the other night we're playing Sea of Thieves, which uh, we were right in the middle of a, of a glorious battle, although I heard it was one of the it was the second worst was, night of Sea of Thieves ever. And it was also it was pretty painful. Yeah. The second time that Spider-Pan joined us on Sea of Thieves <laughs> and the first course, time Spider-Pan Spider joined us was the worst night we've had in Sea of Thieves. So he has never experienced the beauty, glory and positivity of that game yet. And I feel bad for you, man. But anyway, yeah. it died right in the middle of a battle where you guys needed me. The computer literally just shut off, and I thought, oh, no, that, what just happened? Well, I realized it had been running on battery, and then yes. the, you know the battery ran out. And then I looked at the power brick, and it comes with this massive you know, burrito-sized, like giant burrito-sized battery pack. Qdoba or what? Yeah, Qdoba-sized. Yeah, big city. Yeah, big, big, right? Uh, so the power brick is, you know, it doesn't have a light on. I, I plug it in and the light kind of flashes and then goes out and that's it. So eventually I'm like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm beyond my level of knowledge. So I'm taking it in. I don't like to take my computers into any of these stores typically because I'm like, I can fix it myself. But when it comes to laptops, I got to find somebody who knows more than I do. So I took it in. The guy's looking at the power brick, plugs it in and says, oh, light came on. Okay, cool. As soon as we plug it into the computer, trips it the light goes out again and he's like oh that's not good <laughs> so at first he says well i've seen a lot of these alienware laptops coming in recently and he said they're coming in at about two years and they're dying and i'm like mm -hmm. you know when i researched this all of the review sites you know pc mag and i don't even know all the pc world all PC those, gaming, Kotaku, PC gaming yeah. yeah everybody everybody was saying that this model alienware was like one of the top ones to get and it's Alienware, so it should be right. I mean, they they're a they're a very at least historically highly respected brand name gaming, and you pay a premium for their machines. So yeah, exactly. That's why I bought it is because it handled the heat correctly. They said, hey, this is uh because of the venting in it because it's a larger sized you know case. You're not going to get throttling on the graphics. Everything's going to work to what you need. Well, it did for two years. And then it stopped and kind mm. of what they were trying to say is, is that, yeah, this is the problem is that they're seeing these things. They're promising that you're going to get awesome graphics. You're going to see no throttling. Everything's going to work great for two years. And what's happening according to this guy at this store. And he seemed very knowledgeable, by the way, he said like, I've never, he, he I've, fixes, he fixes computers for a living. Keep yeah, that in mind. And, and he's a full on nerd when it comes to this stuff. So I actually, you know, just listening to him talk, I'm like, oh, okay, he knows what he's talking about. He's not just some like, you know, guy off the street who just got trained last week kind of thing. Mm, so Best Buy employee. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. No offense uh, no, to any I, Best Buy employees out there. Yeah. I've, I've had my experiences <laughs> with them and I wasn't impressed either. So this guy knew what he was talking about, but he was saying, you know, he's, he's seen one Asus, the Republic of Gamer laptop. And he said, the only reason he saw it is because it got dropped off of a roof. Um, <laughs> reason yet to be determined why that, got dropped off of a roof, but okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess angry girlfriend. Go ahead. Oh, Hey, that's it. That's a good theory. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. beyond that though, he's never seen one and he's been there for, you know, years doing this kind of stuff. And he said, but he's seen tons of alienware laptops coming in and he's seeing them within the last two years, which of course mine's two years old. So he was saying that alienware was putting in kind of really low quality, crappy CPU chips and, Basically, they can't handle the heat. They can't handle the overclocking. They were never meant they, to, but they put them they in and said, oh, they years. can. Yeah, they can for two years. And that's what they're doing. They're <laughs> promising to deliver for two years and then it's dead. Well, it's right after the warranty, of course. And if you want an extended warranty, you're paying like $775 for 
Holy cow. That's a little nuts. Yeah. That's a little, yeah. Putting two and two together, it, it, it sounds, as long as what this guy said was not an over-exaggeration as far as how many alien wares he's seen recently, if you take him at his word, it sounds pretty clear that alien wear, at least during a certain time period, aka two years ago, was purchasing and installing subpar components that yeah. were either planned to be to become obsolete after two years, whether that was Alienware doing that nefariously or on accident, who can know? I would like to think it was an accident. I'd like to give them benefit of the doubt because they are a really highly reputable gaming machine company. Yeah. Uh, and they have been for a while. Although, Although they're owned by Dell. And I don't know if they were always owned by Dell. I don't think they were. But when Alienware first came Uh, out, I think they were doing their own thing. But they are owned by Dell. And Dell is notorious for purchasing the cheapest parts in order to keep their prices down. And by cheapest, I don't mean like this is the best price for a quality part. This is like the crappy shoddy parts (laughs) and components. I'm not kidding. And in fact, when I first bought it, I was talking to a friend of mine who actually, you know, works with a bunch of computers. He's done a ton of stuff. In fact, he was educating me on why he likes Mac so much, even though he doesn't own a Mac, ironically, but he likes yeah. Macs because he said that when a Mac model comes out, so if you buy a Mac, you'll see like early 2020 model or the mid 2020 model or the late 2020. You'll see that all the time on if it's an iMac or a MacBook or whatever. And he said right. for that period of time, every single computer that they build during that period of time will have the exact same components and they're usually high quality components. So if they have any issues, they know exactly how to troubleshoot them. Right. But again, but as we both know, the Macs are not as modular as PCs, right? I mean, no, something no, no. goes wrong, but things and are going to go fact, wrong less often. In fact, yes, that's the point, right? So the guy at the store said he'll never buy a Mac. And I said, why? And he said, well, now they're soldering everything to the motherboard. So if you want to replace a $40 Ram chip or you want to get more Ram, you know, it, it doesn't cost you 40. Now it costs you 2000. And I thought, yeah, but a Mac, if you take care of a Mac, it'll last you 10 years. I have Macs from 12 years ago and we don't really use them much anymore, but they still work. So yeah. what my friend was telling me back when I first bought my Alienware is he was saying, well, you know, Dell is notorious. And he was saying this about other companies too. They got to find the cheapest parts to keep their prices competitive And so they're buying crappy components. And he said, sometimes a good component will be a good price and they'll buy that and your computer will be built with great components. Mm. The next computer, on the other hand, because prices fluctuate so much, could have a bunch of really low end crappy components and that's going to be more of a lemon and you're going to have problems, which is why you see people saying, I love Alienware. And then the next person will say, I hate Alienware. It's the worst thing ever. That's why. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll take the risk because, you know, you can't really game on a Mac and that's, you know, I, I want to make sure that I can do that. And so anyway, so on and so forth. And of course, <laughs> yep, I must've gotten one of the lemons, which, you know, yeah. I was duly warned. I can see why when you build your own desktop, you know, like, okay, who is making good motherboards right now? And most of the time you're not going to have problems and you can probably, you know, get by with a good quality PC for about seven years. Your quality control is up if you build your own compi. He went on to say that actually, this guy at the store, by the way, he went on to say that he'd been seeing not only the CPU failing, but then other parts, like other parts on the motherboard and other issues happening 
where it's like if one problem starts, it's probably the beginning of the end of your Alienware because then a lot of other things just start snowballing. Mm. So he was saying, you know, if all is good, you know, you might get by with replacing a CPU for 400 bucks ish or you might and, just not want to repair it because it'll cost more than a new computer. And pass the warranty, man. That's just, of course that's it just is. so, uh, and you I mean, know if I were, that's intentional. If I were the C, the CEO of Alienware, I mean, that's just, my instinct would be to, you know, try to, to help people who clearly get a bad batch of machine because it's going gonna, it's gonna to reflect on you in the long run. And if enough people start jabbering about this phenomenon, which is perfectly understandable from what they're doing, that it's going to bite them and it should. So that's unfortunate. You know, they went from being, you know, the Cadillac to the, the Ford Pinto. <laughs> Sorry, Ford owners. I, I, they really More are like the dot, the Datsun, the Datsun. The Datsun. Let's go with Datsun. Oh, yeah. we got Datsun here. We got Datsun here. <laughs> See, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into the silver lining of this whole situation. Oh, yes. And that is that we are finally, finally able to watch you play Spider-Man again. Yeah, back on the PS4. Yes. So I bought that Which, game a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. I think it was um, early 20, no, late 2018 was when I purchased the PS4 and I got Spider-Man and we got to playing it. We got all excited. The problem is, is that, you know, you like to watch seven blue seven likes to watch. I don't think Johnny pistol shot likes to watch. I'm not sure all the gamers really enjoy it that much. They like to be more in the action. And so Anyway, we, we kind of went back and forth between, you know, me playing Spider-Man and you just watching the stream on Twitch and then uh, us actually playing a game together. And then, of course, we had that water loss in our kitchen and, you know, we got booted out of our home and I didn't take the PS4 with me and then came back That's and everything right. That's was... That's when it stopped. You're right. Yeah. That is when it stopped. You know, it was so funny because Spider-Pan's giving me a really hard time about not finishing games and I'm like, dude, this is the, it was circumstantial. <laughs> it's not that I didn't want to finish the game. You know, we only we had a flood hear, in our you, kitchen. Pan. We hear yeah. you. We it do. was just a flood. Don't worry. You know, no big deal, right? So getting booted out of our house, didn't take it with me. And then, of course, by the time I got back, everything was just a freaking mess. And I had to redesign some stuff in the studio. And at the same time, in order to do it, I couldn't see my TV. You know, the little monitor TV that, that ran the PS4. So it's like I got a... Well, I was trying to find a shelf for it. They didn't. They don't sell shelves that fit this thing. And I thought, What? Give me a break. So, you know, um, had to get one built. And of course, I don't know how to do that stuff. So my dad was very gracious to help build a nice custom shelf to put the little monitor TV on. Once I got that done and finally got everything rehooked up, we're playing. And of course, you know, when the computer died, it kind of forced us to say, yeah, let's get back to the console for a while, which was fun. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll all be, of we'll that said, long story. Yeah. Sorry. That was a yeah. long story for that. But the point was, is that <laughs> I'm excited because I can actually ergonomically play PS4. I can hear everything. I can communicate with you guys on discord. I can stream it through Twitch. Five it, second delay or so five to 10 seconds. Yeah, but it's, it works and it wasn't working prior. So this is very exciting now, but yeah, yeah finally got back in the game. I restarted it. I am just absolutely absolutely blown away. I mean, still blown away how well done that game is. I mean, it's happy. It's positive. It's clean. It's not dark. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this a long time ago. I'm going to say it again, but they took Manhattan and they recreated it beautifully in the game. I don't know exactly how accurate it is, but I'm told that it's an, it's a relatively accurate recreation of, of yeah, the real I've, Manhattan. 
I've been told it's incredibly accurate. So yeah, so I get to go around and be like, oh, okay, that's what t- I've never been there. I've always wanted to go, but I've never been there. So it's like, you know, that's what Times Square looks like, and that's what Central Park looks. This is really cool, you know. And and then I got to climb up Avengers Tower. That was really fun, by the way. That's very <laughs> which is not tall. There. No, no, that's <laughs> that's not. But anyway, really, really cool. So incredibly story driven. It's it's action filled. It's immersive. It's beautiful. And I'm it's saying on it again. Switch. Oh, it is really. Yeah, oh. I might grab it. Well then. Anyway, after afterwards, Go I'm ahead. I'm going to say it again that it isn't dark, it isn't brutal, it isn't graphic. It it's just not like that. And it's so funny because like there's a lot of games right now we're trying out, and you know Rob Dog, Drop Dog, Doctor Rob Dog, and I have been uh, experimenting with some stuff. And I'm like, man, some of these games are just depressing. Like they're all just this dark gray, literally gray. Everything's gray. It's just kind of depressing. You know, it's post apocalyptic. It's just like can we have some happy games or something? You know, I mean, like Sea of Thieves to me is happy, even though it's a little intense, it's happy and, (laughs) and Spider-Man's happy. It's a happy game. And I'm like, why can't we have more of these? These are so nice to play. So I'm just like, do we really long for this dark and dreary world? Seems like, you know what? Good question. I, for my part, I tend to be drawn towards games and books and other media that depict dystopia or post-apocalyptia. I, for some reason, I really like that stuff. So there is a huge desire. I mean, I'm just one example, obviously, but there, there are a lot of people, a big section of, uh, of the population who likes fiction, who really does crave that kind of thing. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Mm -hmm. our lives are so comfortable that we want that weird kind of balance in it. Who knows? Good question. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of people that love it or else they wouldn't continue to create this stuff because if right. if you look on Netflix and even see a lot of the movies that are coming out, it's very much leaning towards this dystopian, post-apocalyptic zombies, you know, just a lot of dark and dreary. That's what this way to yeah. that's the only way to call it. They're dark and dreary, you know, great. Yeah. Everything's just sad and, and it's just like, wow, but you're right. There's a lot of that coming out. My theory, and I don't know if this is true or not, because I personally don't have this desire, but my theory is exactly what you just said, is that our lives are either boring or they're monotonous, and we're just looking for something that makes us feel alive. And if we can put ourselves... a little uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So if we can put ourselves in the shoes of, man, what would it be like if the whole world went to hell and, you know, I had to go and fight my way through it? And What's funny is that you know, before I went through all of my pain in life, I didn't mind that stuff. In fact, you remember the movie The Day After Tomorrow? Oh, yeah. So if you haven't I, seen that I movie, it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great or the uh, Poseidon. The original Poseidon adventure came out in the 70s and then the new quote reboot was uh, Poseidon in 2004 or something like that or five. So it was kind of like this end of the world kind of stuff was going on in the early 2000s and then the zombie craze took over after that. But I really liked those movies. You know, when I watch Day After Tomorrow, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's these super storms that come and basically decimate everything. And then this massive ice oh. age forms and kills everybody. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was mixing something up. I meant I meant the movie The Day After, which is a 1980s miniseries oh. about nuclear war. Well, <laughs> sorry. Okay, well, there the you Day go. After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid. Yeah, and- oh, it was cheesy. <laughs> It was cheesy, but but the point was, is it was dystopian. Well, it wasn't really a dystopian. It was more of a, this is what happens if, you know, environmental disaster. Yes. So there was a ton of that. And I was fascinated by that stuff, you know, and then I go through my own pain in life 
And then I'm like, why did I wish for that? Why did I even be entertained by that? Like happy Mm. and joyful is good. You know, when you go through pain, it's like you want hope. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want this, this negative, depressing sort of thing for entertainment. But which actually brings me to my quick commentary on episode five of The Witcher. Have you watched it yet? Oh, no, I haven't. I still have. I'm still stuck after episode four. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do. I, I promise I'm going to finish it. It's just, well, yeah. it's okay, man. You can't. And I think you, you probably won't mind this as much as I do, but <laughs> there was a lot of that dark and dreary kind of atmosphere and everybody's, oh, you know, I didn't like season or episode five. See, oh. you know, episode four was okay. I still, I, I told you about the, conf- we talked about that ad nauseum, about yeah. how confused we were. Episode five did no better as far as alleviating the confusion. It's actually just as confusing. Okay. I think what I'm finding out, by the way, is that the Witcher, his story is pre-series timeline. Series, the uh, the granddaughter, the princess or whatever. So Cirilla is in her full name, right? Yeah, I think it's Cirilla. So she has like five names. But anyway, <laughs> her timeline is present day. And the Witcher stories are like pre-Siri. So it's oh. like, you know, when you, I, I'm not going to give anything away, but you, you know, when you find out about Siri, it's like, that's, that's all modern day for the Witcher, but he, he hasn't caught up to her timeline yet. So he's like, what, 15 to 20 years behind or something like that. And then of course, Dude. Yennefer's original timeline was something like 30 to 40 years prior and it's it's so confusing, right? I'm, I'm sorry, dude, but that, that that's that is just that is a textbook case of how not to organize an epic fantasy television I show. I agree. You so, don't do that. They're shooting themselves in both feet multiple times, reloading and doing it again. Yeah, that's all they're doing, and that's really really foolish. And I don't know why they're doing it because it could be such a fantastic show. Well, so Spider Pan sent me a Voxer and said that he actually had a, a pretty good idea of what was going on because he played Witcher three, and I thought, okay, okay well that's but I thought fair. It didn't follow the game. That's weird. Well, I don't know, but. I thought, well, that's fair, but not everybody that's going to watch the Witcher. In fact, a lot of people that are going to watch the Witcher, they haven't played the video game. Like, so yeah, I haven't even played it and I'm a gamer. Don't assume that people are going to know what's going on because they've quote played the game. The rest of us don't know. Anyway, I didn't like episode five. I didn't think that it advanced the story at all. There's only eight episodes in the entire season. And for me, it was like a filler episode. There really wasn't much going on. Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was (laughs) slow and it was, uh, and the other thing was like way over the top with what I like to call objectionable elements. Uh, I was like, shocker. This is shocking. Come on guys. I'm not interested in that. And I, I was like, no, no. And I had to fast forward so much that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. So I'm like, I'm not even interested in finishing the season anymore. And I know there's only three more episodes, but I'm like, ah, nope, no thanks. And what's blowing my mind is like, now granted, some people don't care about that, but I definitely have different tastes and boundaries when it comes to what I'm watching on screen than a lot of people. So Uh cool for you guys. If you're liking it, I'm surprised how many people are actually loving the show. I don't understand why you're loving the show. It's well done. We've talked about that. It's a it's visual masterpiece, potential. but the come on guys lost in space is like 10 times better, hundred oh, times better dude. than the Witcher. I don't, I, I don't get it, but again, preference, we all have different preferences. So if any of you is sensitive to on screen objectionable elements, you need to skip the Witcher. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Don't go there. 
And I, I mean, I want to know what happens, but I'd rather somebody just tell me the story than try to get through the last three episodes. That makes at sense. this point. So I'm sorry, guys, but, for those of you who love it. I'm sorry. I tried. I, I gave it five episodes worth and I'm like, nope. But, but lost but, in space. Oh. <laughs> Holy cow. What yeah. a good show that is. So you're five episodes in. I'm five episodes in and oh my gosh, it's oh, just oh, I mean, this first season was great, right? Oh, yeah. But the second season's so much better oh and, and and it's written really well and it makes yeah. sense and you can follow it and the acting is fantastic and the character development is bar none. Oh. I mean, what, I feel like a, I know what, a, what a great yeah. what a great example of the potential of Hollywood. Totally. Seriously. Totally. So, yeah. And the ratings I mean, really everywhere, the ratings everywhere of lost in space are, you know, decently lower than the Witcher. I'm like, what? Wow. Are you guys smoking crack? Yes. Yes, they are. Oh my gosh. Well, it's clean. That's why (laughs) it doesn't have any, you know, like nudity and, you know, bloody, brutal violence, you know, people's heads getting splurted off. That's why people just crave that stuff, man. I guess I I, I guess, I I guess, I guess. And again, no, no judgment. I'm just saying people just, I I don't know, (laughs) dude, you are right though. In fact, what blows my mind about lost in space is, you know, the characters so well, you feel like you personally know them. Like, I feel like I'm like, man, these are my friends. I'm like, but they're they're not real, but they feel fun characters. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I finished the season. Good. I will within the next probably by by the time we record again, I will have finished it. Yeah, it's one of those edge of the seat. You're drawn in so much. You know, some shows like to me, The Witcher and The Mandalorian really are not bingeable. And what's really funny about it is that, you know, of course, Witcher is a bingeable thing, but I'm actually glad The Mandalorian did a week by week thing, because if it were all out, I wouldn't be able to binge on it. But with Lost in Space, I was like, dang it. It's over. Now I have to wait another year or two before the next season. I hope they don't get, I hope they don't cancel it. If they ended on a, a cliffhanger, I, I can't see how they possibly. It's could. a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll keep going. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I really, I have not, this is weird though. Cause you know how much I try to be positive. I really do. I try to give hope to everything we talk about. And a lot of times we've got, we've got some criticisms, but I have absolutely nothing bad to say about, Lost in space. Nothing. Me neither. Me it's neither. Inc- that, and that's amazing that both of and us have nothing. A, it's, it's not a perfect show. I mean, I mean no. it, but I just can't think of anything bad to say about it. So that's crazy. There you go. Boom. Anyway. Oh, and, and uh, Parker Posey. Yeah. What a great Dr. Smith. She's turned into. Oh my gosh. I was a little nervous about it on the first season, but boy, has she really grown into that role? Holy cow. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. She's still a really viable actress. So yep. boom. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff with her that you'll see. And uh, man, mm, I'm impressed. Highly, highly, highly impressed. And the fact that they can make the robot so human, even though he's obviously not, or I guess it is obviously not, because I don't know if it has a gender or not, but dude, wow, it's incredible. It's just so good. So, all right, moving on. Um, Well, while we're on TV really quickly, I'm just going to mention two other TV shows that I've kind of, well, one is Sarah and I, we've started watching this again. Cause I mentioned the rookie season one last year when yep. we were watching it, just loved that show. It was so good. Nathan we, Fillion. Yep. Yeah. Nathan. Oh gosh. He's such a good actor. And he's honestly his character in this show. I, I think he's the only actor that could pull this off. He's just so good. Anyway, um, the season two is absolutely fantastic. And in some ways I like it better than the first season and in other ways not, but 
we're, what are we, seven episodes in? I think it's a 20 episode season. It returns at the end of February. So the first half was season or episodes one through 10. Just so good, man. I'm, I'm, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, which, you know, I don't usually like that genre, those cop, I'm not a cop genre kind of guy usually, but yeah. this show's so good. It's got a lot of humor. It's wow. Just a good balance of stuff. So great job guys. Keep the rookie going. I checked out this other show on Netflix. It was getting promoted a lot. And of course it had superpowers in it. So I thought, Hmm, okay, let's see what it is. It's called raising Dion. And Hmm. yes, it's about this like kid who gets superpowers and he's kind of young. And so, you know, the actor, of course, you know, he's a young actor. And so he doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, experience and all that behind him, but he does a pretty good job as an actor. Like what age? Shoot. I don't know. Like somewhere between seven and 10. Oh, so really young. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It. He's a kid like elementary. Not not like, not like Will, uh, not like uh, Will Robinson. Well, young, but younger. Yeah. But w- the first season of Will Robinson was man. I, he was probably, well, he was a little older than this Dion kid is, but not much, yeah. but the okay. Will Robinson actor is far better. Okay. So anyway, you know, the kid's okay. The character's annoying, but here's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's this, it's this really interesting premise about this child who gains superpowers and doesn't really, you know, know what the heck's going on. And of course, um, single mother, the father died and I'm not going to give any more away, but basically, you know, she's freaking out. So first of all, you've got the father that dies in kind of a tragic death. So now she's overprotective, although not to be, not to be mean here, but She's way too overprotective and kind of annoying to watch. Kind of like the uh, Winona Ryder season one of stranger uh, things. Annoying. Yeah. I yeah. Understand. It's, it's almost that bad. Even though I think this actress is actually good. It's just, they wrote her character kind of annoying. I don't think she's doing a bad job acting it, but so I'm just like kind of cringing when she's like, Oh my gosh, just, just move on. And there's too much of that too. It's way <laughs> too drama. But again, the premise is like, Okay, think about this. Like some like say 7 years old getting superpowers and the mom's freaking. I mean, that's kind of a cool premise. It's not an adult getting superpowers here and trying to figure it out on their own. So, wow. I kind of like many- the premise. It's very intriguing. Once again, it's a it's a clean PG rated kind of thing, so I'm I'm also really appreciating that cuz as I mentioned, I'm getting tired of the mature rated stuff. Like let's try to huh. shock everybody ratings. So, I like that, but there's way too much kind of slow, painful drama that they're doing. And I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to finish that either, just because it's like there's yeah. really cool parts and there's really like, uh, come on. <laughs> Can we fast forward? I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't, know. I haven't even noticed that one yet on Netflix. So I, I've not looked at it or considered it. So I, again, I think it has incredible potential and it has some very fascinating story possibilities, but the execution so far is, is mediocre. So we'll see. But I don't think it's supposed to be some amazing, you know, lost in space level either. But it, right. I don't know. We'll see. So there you go. Throwing a few shows out to check out in case you're interested. Well, you saw Star Wars again. Is that correct? I did. Yep. Johnny and? Shot had not seen it. So I said, hell, I'll go with you, man. I wanted to see it a second time. I liked it even more than the first time. I caught a few more things that I'd missed the first time. Um, some of the story made a little bit more sense this time. Okay. And I liked it a lot. I think like nothing really bothered me in it. In fact, by the way, I know you brought up a couple of points in our review talking about like, where did all these star destroyers come from and 
all that. So John well, and the skip jumping. Well, the skip jumping was there's still <laughs> nothing good to say about that. That was still a nope. That doesn't work. Sorry. Anyway, that aside, though, the, the Star Destroyer thing, we talked about that. Actually, Johnny and I did and then a couple of other people. And first of all, there's there's a couple things. As I mentioned that, you know, the Emperor Palpatine at this point had what 50 60 years to be working on this stuff for one and two and this was something that was in the Star Wars the Old Republic video game which you have not gotten to yet because it's more end game story but there's a a device basically that the emperor designed and the point in this was that the emperor is kind of the same like spirit throughout the years it just inhabits different bodies you know Hence in the movie, why his face kept changing to all those in, in the strobe, you know? Exactly. Did you notice that his face was changing between uh, him and uh, Snoke? Yep. God, I hate that name. And yeah. who else was it changing? Vader. To? Yeah, there was all kinds of different. Well, Vader, um, his voice came out at least. I don't know if the, the strobe huh. and all that. But anyway, the point is, is that they showed that really the Emperor, because he's such a powerful Sith, can inhabit different bodies, same spirit kind of thing. But the point was... Um, they created this thing in, in Star Wars Old Republic called the Eternal Machine, I think is what it was called. And the whole point was that this Eternal Machine used the hatred of the dark side of the force to build things like insanely fast. Like they were talking about they could build Star Destroyers in a matter of hours because of mm. channeling the hatred of the dark side of the force and um, also utilizing you know the power of the Sith and stuff like that too. And the workers of the Sith. So anyway, there, there are some explanations throughout the canon of Star Wars that does explain how they can have so many Star Destroyers in this movie. Okay. So anyway, that all said, I thought, well, that's a really good point. Now, another thing, though, that I thought was funny is that I read Timothy Zahn, who's one of the more famous authors of Star Wars books. He wrote the Thrawn trilogy, if you know anything about Which Star was, Wars. I think the first it might have been the very first trilogy or, or novels written in the Star Wars universe after Return of the Jedi came out in the mid-80s. I'm pretty sure he was the first. Okay. It was certainly the first I ever saw, and I remember seeing it in the late 80s. So and I didn't actually read those books until the early 90s, but yeah. anyway. And I read these on. I, I didn't read a lot of the Star Wars books, but that was one trilogy I read, and they were spectacularly written. Yeah. Just such a good story, and they, they introduced... Grand Admiral Thrawn, who was just a formidable, evil character. But anyway, the point being is he came in and he's, he, you know, commented on the whole, you know, rise of Skywalker movie and everything like that. And he was saying that the idea of having Palpatine back in this movie was a complete like waste of Vader's sacrifice in return of the Jedi. Like the whole point Vader sacrificed him, him himself and his life in order to save Luke was to destroy the emperor. Right. And so he did. And by the way, George Lucas also said, yeah, Palpatine's dead. Never coming back. Done. So bringing him back was one went against what George Lucas wanted and also went against Vader's like it completely made Vader's sacrifice null and void, which very good point. <laughs> I never thought of that, but it yeah. actually that's a really, really great point. So I just thought, oh, well, hmm, that's too bad. On the other hand, though. OK, so first of all. It wasn't in the original plan. Probably shouldn't have happened. You probably shouldn't have brought back Palpatine. However, how it was done was was fine to me. And again, if you utilize the canon of Star Wars and you look at, again, the hatred of the dark side of the force, it totally makes sense that he was able to come back. It totally does. 
So sure. it does void Vader's sacrifice and it wasn't in the original plan, but it's also not bad. If that makes sense. I suppose. So that's my, my take. Yeah. Like I said, uh, in my opinion, they wrote themselves into a hole with episodes seven and eight. And this was the most graceful way they could conclude it in my opinion. Uh, but this just further proves that JJ and friends have zero respect for star Wars canon or it's true fans. I just really believe that he just kind of JJ was like, I don't care. Nah, you know, that's just, that's, that's him. That's what he does. So because he can, he gets paid too. Yeah, the, the scoreboard. See, I mean, to be honest, scoreboard. I mean, he's. Yeah. It's clearly the fan. The the new fans certainly love it. So it is what it is, right? I just see, and I don't see that he has zero respect for the canon because, like I said, it works with the canon. So well, but based upon some some machine in a video game, yeah. But is that really canon? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. My point was predicated on your other points about you know what the the point that Timothy Zahn made about Vader's sacrifice and what Lucas said that Palpatine's dead, you know, just you shouldn't write him back in. Sure. But based on those two points, that's what validates my opinion. However, yeah, if you want to spin it based upon a fairly obscure part of star Wars, quote unquote lore from a video game, then sure. You could use that to explain that. Well, that's just one little thing. Even in the books though, even in some of the books and some of the other canon, like in, you know, them bringing back Darth Maul in the clone wars the, the yeah. animated you know once so i mean it's not just an obscure video game like if you watch the clone wars and rebels and some of the books if you read them which they have all can well they've considered clone wars and rebels now to be canon yeah. if you watch just those alone that shows that this can happen okay so it's you know the thing is though is that both sides have a point that's really what it comes down to is it a waste of Vader's sacrifice? Yes. Is yeah. it what George Lucas originally wanted? No, he didn't. He didn't want Palpatine to come back. So that's one side that is completely valid. And the other side is saying, but it is possible. The force is, you know, it makes it possible. And so that's valid too. They're both valid. So it well, is just true. what it is. And, and, and in the end, it's valid because it's all made up. So true. And that, really, that, that's you what can, trumps everything. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's the force. You can make it's it all happen. made up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Isn't it funny how like we as fans are so emotionally (laughs) invested in fantasy? Yeah. Again, like we were saying earlier, our our lives are so easy and simple that we can afford to put emotional energy into stuff that's completely nerdy and means nothing except to us and to others who think like us. So, yeah. I want hence, sh- hence why we nerd out on this stuff. I want to shout out to Ben Tastic because he was saying, you know, you really should do an episode called TRB is a nerd. And then I said, <laughs> no, I, I think what I want to do is I'm, I'm going to do every a, episodes. Like that. <laughs> I'm going to do a weekly episode that says TRB is not a nerd. And I'm going to prove to you that no matter how much I know about nerdy things and how much I love nerdy things, I'm not a nerd. I'm not. I'm going to prove right. it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to prove it, man. You do that, Brian. You know what though? I'm not a traditionally nerd and you know that. No, you're not. You're not a, you're not a focused tech nerd. Well, there's a lot of different types of nerds, but yes, it's funny. I, you know, this is, I went back and I was listening to some of the old episodes of the real Brian show. Cause it's like, you know, I really haven't done that since I put them out and then I edited them. That's pretty much the last time I listened to them. So I thought, you know, we're, we're three and a half years old now almost with that. I need to go back and listen to it. We're coming up on episode 200 here in just a few weeks. 
And I'm like, I got to go back and I got to listen to some stuff. I had forgotten that we interviewed Napoleon Dynamite, by the way. That was that was brilliant. We're going to bring back character interviews because I know how hard they are and they're time consuming, but we got to bring them back once in a while. So one of the things that I said in the original first episode that, by the way, is no longer available to the public. I went back and listened to my own, you know, MP3 file of it. I had talked about originally the embrace your inner nerd. That was our original tagline was unleash your superhero and embrace your inner nerd. Well, 90% of the people were like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Which, so that's why, you know, embrace your inner nerd kind of went away. But the whole idea of what are you nerding out on? That makes sense because everybody nerds and geeks out about something, regardless of whether it's nerdy or geeky or not. You know, if you nerd out on fitness, you're nerding out on fitness, plain and simple. So yeah. when I talked about the embracing of the inner nerd, it was this idea that if you have an inner nerd, it's, you know, it's, you're not a closet nerd, but you're like, you know, you nerd out on something. And there are some very popular, beautiful people that you'd say they're not nerds and they're Star Trek fans. They don't want to tell anyone, but they nerd out about it on the inside. You know, if you're an outer nerd, you know, you're not showering. You don't care about the way you look. You don't care how you present yourself to anyone. You don't care how if you respect anyone or not. You're just I'm a freaking nerd and I wear it all over me, period. Like those I didn't are the realize, di- I didn't realize that the uh, uh, an outer nerd, interesting term by the way, was necessarily a dirty person. That's interesting. Well, that's a stereotype. <laughs> that's a stereotype. Is it? I'm throwing it as that an outer nerd stereotypically is that person that you imagine. So it's the what I just said, but it's the you know it's the person that literally does nothing other than like, I don't know, D and D or magic or yeah. Consume fantasy, you know? And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things because I enjoy every one of those things too. But my point is, is like, that's their life. They look like that's their life. You know, like, I mean, I'm not kidding. If I walk (laughs) around and see some of these guys, the smell is very (laughs) potent. All right. Interesting. These guys don't shower. And I'm, I'm not but, kidding. The grease in their hair. I mean, you could fry eggs on their head. I mean, it's like, I'm not kidding, dude. So huh. it does exist. But then again, I know you're a nerd and you don't look like that at all. And you don't present yourself that way. You're very respectful to people. You shower. I shower you, every you're day. married. You have social skills. You, you carry a job. I mean, you're <laughs> responsible. You know, so in many ways, you're more of an inner nerd. And, and again, this is our definition inner. Yeah, inner and outer nerd. Yes. Is it a true 100% accurate explanation? No, of course not. It's just our, it's our stereotypical way of explaining that it's healthier to be an inner nerd because you love your nerdy things or you nerd out about something, but on the outside, you're respectful. You are respectful of yourself. You take showers, you take care of your body, you know, you eat as health, eat healthy and enjoy the freaking cookie. You know, it's the balance of life versus I don't care. If that makes sense. True. So that's that, that elaboration makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Well, so that was our original tagline and I always thought it was really funny because the whole point was, is that, you know, I'm going to prove that I'm not a nerd, but the whole joke was, is that I'm not an outer nerd at all. In fact, a lot of people will meet me and we'll chat, we'll do things. And then I'll mention something about the stuff I learned. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't realize you like nerdy things. Like you don't, you don't look like a nerd. You don't, you know, (laughs) I would never have placed you as a nerd. And I'm like, no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So Anyway, I had to bring that up because I forgot all about that. And I went back and listened to that episode that again is no longer available. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we haven't talked about this in three and a half years. I wonder if anybody even remembers that. <laughs> it was so funny. 
Oh gosh. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. So <laughs> do you remember last week when we talked about the whole placebo effect and you are the placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yeah, of course. So we've been, I've been nerding out about this quite a bit. I've been thinking about it. I've had some interesting conversations with people about it. And guess what? Did you know that you found some, some like information and articles that uh, of course you knew that you're the one that brought it up. <laughs> well, yeah, I was it's in the show notes here. I'm kinda, like, hey, I was look. browsing for show content this week. And I found an interesting article that relates to what we talked about last week on www.goodnewsnetwork.org, which we've talked about before. Yeah. I like to browse through there once a week or so. And it turns out that, first of all, some researchers from several Chinese universities have put together uh, a study to more closely examine why humans might act altruistically at their own expense. The premise of this was basically that altruistic behavior relieves physical and mental pain. And... Mm. And just just to, just as one example, and they, they went on in more detail in the article, but in their first pilot study, they found dramatic results after individuals were reported to have experienced more pain when having blood drawn for regular lab tests mm-hmm. than when their blood was drawn for donations to earthquake victims. Oh wow! Even though even though the needle used was larger and the quantity of blood taken was greater in the donation subjects compared to the test taking subjects. Hmm. Now, that last little tidbit, I mean, a lot of people, especially medical professionals, might be going, oh, well, yeah, but big needles don't necessarily, uh, they, they can often, small needles often sting more than big needles for whatever reason. They might say something like that. But the point is, that was just their pilot study. Then they went on to do a whole bunch of other studies just to prove or disprove their hypothesis. And it turned out that apparently, overwhelmingly, people in general just experience less pain emotionally and, and physically when they know that they're doing something for someone else. Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And, and it, yeah. it's a, again, it's the power mind over matter type of thing we were talking about. And then the other article I found on goodnewsnetwork.org was, and this one surprised me that global homicide rates have continued to fall over the last 20, I think 25 years. Really? Yeah, quarter century. Between 1990 and 2015, the number of homicides per 100,000 people fell by 46% overall. Huh. With countries in Oceania, I think that's what, like uh, South Pacific mm-hmm. or you know, small island countries, experiencing a 22% drop with, over the same period and 36% in Asia. Wow. So, you know we're kind of fed in the media and, you know, in mass media, both on, on either side of the fence, uh, whatever mass media you follow, we're kind of fed this information that, you know, murders and people killing each other is increasing. And to me, that makes perfect sense because, you know, crowd dynamics, when, when you get, as your population grows and people become more and more crowded together in cities and, and outside of cities and whatnot, they're going to experience more stress and stress, you know, elicits that kind of behavior. So I would have thought that it made only, it only made sense that homicides were rising over the last quarter century per capita. But according to this study, that's not true. And in fact, according to crime statistics released by the FBI, large cities that experienced an uptick in murders during 2015 to 2016, for example, had fewer killings in 2018 Hmm. in Chicago which 
the media has portrayed as being a big half a war zone um, <laughs> over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, the murder rate declined substantially by 14% and in Baltimore by wow. 9%. In cities with populations of more than a million people, it fell by an average of 8.5% in 2018. Hmm. Now, granted, this this statistic's just one year compared to a previous couple years, but the gist of the study is that homicides are going down in general over the last, uh, as an average over the last 25 years. Hmm. And that blew me out of the water. I had no idea. Now, how that relates to what we talked about last week, not really. That part doesn't. I just thought it was an interesting article, so well, I threw it into the show notes. <laughs> no, I mean, that's very interesting because there there could be some correlation. We don't know, but um, I do find that very interesting that, you know, the media has very much perpetuated that, oh my gosh, you know, murders are going up and, you know, there's a lot of conversation about gun control out there. And I mean, there are some very militant people, um, people that I know, I won't, I won't be specific on those people. <laughs> But, you know, they're very militant about gun control and, and the, the shootings and the murders that are going on, which, you know, there's good reason for their exuberance Sorry. towards, you know, and their concern, you know, for, for doing something about that. But the media is showing that things are getting worse. And these guys are saying, um, actually, it's getting better, which right. goes to once again show that you, you really, who do we trust? I mean, really, exactly. we know because the media honestly, doesn't always publish the truth. They publish what right. sells the most stories and paper. We know that. So you got to remember that take whatever the media says with a major grain of salt. Right. Because they're all going to spin it whatever way makes, well, whatever way they feel like spinning it on again, both sides of the aisle here. So totally no matter what your media outlet, there's going to be some spin. Some are better than others. Some are worse than others. Yeah. But the conundrum for all of us is that we can't be everywhere at once. None of us can even the most, informed people in the world can't be everywhere at once. We have to choose our news sources somehow, and we do. We're at their mercy, and they know it. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. It's it's an interesting thing to think about because there's no solution, honestly. Well, the only solution is that the media conglomerates make a conscious decision to stop spinning stuff, and they won't do that because that's, I mean, why would they? So yeah. It's about control. You know, I was just reading about the the about page about them. And, you know, their their whole point is that this is a counter to all the negativity out there, which I appreciate, which is still an agenda. Good News Network. Yeah. Yeah. Good News Network. But, you know, this is an interesting commentary. They were talking about, you know, why they got started in the 90s. They were saying that in the 1990s, homicide rates in the U.S. plummeted by 42 percent. OK, just talking about what you just said there. But television, on the other hand, was their coverage was saying that murders surged more than 700 percent. So who was right? Right. That's the thing. So they were kind of being like, no, okay, guys, come on. You need here's that's the thing, too. I mean, we see this perpetuated in in movies and TV shows, too, where it's like the stereotypical journalist is I've got to uncover the truth and the people deserve the truth. And, you know, I, (laughs) I, I still have debates on whether people actually deserve the truth or not, because in my opinion and in my experience, most people can't truly handle the truth. I mean, <laughs> a few good men, that movie, they were right. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. It's true. Some people can, and a lot of people can't. On the other right. hand, though, when you are trying to uncover the truth, the reality is, is that, and I, I've talked about this before because I was trained in journalism. I understand this. This was my major. I'd done this stuff. They don't really want you to talk about just the truth. They want you to talk about whatever's going to make the paper or the news outlet money. That's just the way right. it is. So, yeah, we got to we gotta remember that. 
And I, that's kind of why I've been challenging people recently, you know, who are just fed up with stuff that's going on in, you know, in our country, for example, or with whatever fill in the blank. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, valid points. Can we find something good? And can we please start focusing on the good because we're going to get more of that. Hence what you were talking about. Yeah. And that conversation where altruistic behavior is relieving physical and mental pain. You're going to get more of what you focus on. Right. So back to that. I know I'm jumping around a bit. That's what we do. Uh, But back to that is that it's a statistical, you know, group of data points for all of us to remind ourselves that, you know, if, if we, the more we unleash our superheroes, the better we're going to feel. And we might even live longer because of it. And Mm -hmm. I know it sounds, it sounds hokey to our, to our pop culture trained minds, but these studies are kind of proving again, if you, if you believe the data, uh, Mm -hmm. these studies are proving that there's something to that, that mind over matter situation. Mm -hmm. And if you read the article on on goodnewsnetwork.org, uh, they, they go into more elaboration as to, uh, you know, more about why that, might be but Mm -hmm. it's a nice interesting ratification of of that attitude yeah was that little that was a little i pontificated a little bit i like that i like that nice job man nice job (laughs) sorry that's great no what's interesting though is is you, you are correct and it is funny do we believe these studies or not you know how true are these studies so it was it was very interesting i was having a conversation with a scientist and also a professor over at colorado state university just kind of a random conversation. And anyway, he was bringing up a bunch of stuff and I, I had asked if he had read the book, you know, you are the placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he said, well, no, but I know about it. And he goes, and I actually teach that to some of my students placebo effect and that kind of thing. We got into this really fascinating conversation. And of course he's a scientist. So he comes from a scientist perspective and every scientist that I've ever known is incredibly skeptical about everything. And the only thing that they believe is that which shows them actual data. And one thing he brought up, though, that I really appreciate was, first of all, how many of these studies have a control to, you know, compare to and how many of these studies are truly random. And I thought, man, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense because we don't always know that. And in fact, you know, uh, he was bringing up stuff. So I, I think I've talked about the China study before where you know, their whole point was, is that it's proven that people who eat vegetarian diets are healthier and will live longer than people who eat meat. Well, some of that's been debunked since because, you know, all they studied was, you know, crappy meat that was fed antibiotics and, you know, GMO Mm. corn and all kinds of crap. So, you know, the the meat that you were eating was filled with bad stuff. So they did not factor in grass fed meats They did not factor in organic meats. They didn't even factor in like how much meat does this person eat? Are they eating, you know, a 20 ounce steak every night or are they eating, you know, four ounces of healthy fish and chicken? You know, they didn't even talk. Yeah, they didn't do that. Right. So the whole point was, is that it was just this general, if you eat meat period versus if you eat vegetarian, you're yeah. Right. So there wasn't enough data with that. That's just a good example of where they failed. So, There are things like that. And then the other thing you had to consider too is like, well, do Chinese, for example, live longer than Americans because of their heritage? Did they factor that in? No. So you got to consider too, he brought up like population ethnic groupings, I think is what the term is, 
So depending on where you're at in the country, depending on your living conditions, depending on the pollution, I mean, there's so many factors that just aren't usually taken into consideration when these things happen. And not to mention that, you know, do Swedish ancestry people live longer than, uh, I I don't know, I'm throwing something out, French. I I mean, you know, who knows? (laughs) Do we know this? Uh, you know, that's the thing. Is the there... French live longer, Brian, because they run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> See, and I can Sorry. joke about that because I have some French ancestry, so I'm good. Wee, um, wee. Oh, we. Oui. That is, but you know, those are things that he brought up and I just thought, man, that's brilliant. That's true. And what do we do with that kind of stuff? So he's incredibly skeptical about everything. I brought yeah, up the whole good. thing about, you know, uh, in fact, there's an article here saying that man's cancer, that this one man's cancer was healed after doing random acts of kindness for a year. Well, now here's the thing. He truly believes in the mental placebo effect, this, this professor and scientist, but he will debate all night long, whether or not a vegetarian versus a meat diet actually will affect you. Or if uh, a man with cancer was cured because he did altruistic activities, for a year. Yeah. Or if it was just it a random. Might have, it might have just been coincidence. It might but, have been just random remission. Right. It's but hard to it, say. Maybe there was something to it. I don't know. Yeah. So in the placebo effect, you know, of course, the claim is that by having a good mental outlook, and that is if you're doing random acts of kindness, if you're doing something nice for other people, it takes your focus off of yourself. In which case, I mean, I am a living testament to this from experience if I'm feeling bad and I'm trying to like overcome that, I usually keep feeling bad. If I just go and have a conversation with somebody and just get my focus off myself, then typically like I'm like, Oh, I feel fine. Yeah. It's really weird. It may be temporary, but I typically feel fine. So the idea of getting your mind off of yourself and doing altruistic things and somewhat, you know, something nice for other people, whatever it does work. And not to mention, you know, will it help you to eventually train your brain to habitually be a happier, you know, more joyful, more healthy person mentally, won't that also affect your body? You'd think it would. You'd think it would. So did this guy's random acts of kindness actually heal his cancer? Uh, honestly, the the friend that I have that's a professor and a scientist would say no. Probably. I don't actually don't know for sure if he would. <laughs> He probably would because he would say, give me the data. No, he would say, I don't know. Give me the data. Yeah. And I'm looking at it as that. Well, why not try it? Right. It can't hurt. Right. Yeah. But I get what he's saying. He's really, truly trying to say that people are, you know, we can experience things. And and this is the other thing that I appreciated that he said is that one person's experience. You can't deny that because it was their experience. But to say that it is a global phenomenon and that it's going to work this way for multiple people, his point right. is there's no evidence without a true clinical study, trial, whatever. But whatever. So And repetitive studies and peer review, et cetera, et cetera. All that wonderful stuff that goes into the scientific method. Sure. Yeah. But why not? I mean, to me, I don't need a study to tell me whether or not doing kindness for others and doing something nice and having altruism for others. I don't need somebody to tell me that, Hey, that's actually helpful. Like just do it, man. That's right. just, that's the whole point of unleashing the superhero. Good point. So either way, really, well, really there you go. good commentary. So thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome.
So speaking of this, it's kind of funny how we just kind of, you know, there's all these tie-ins. I was debating about trying some more plant-based meals, not giving up meat and going full veggie or anything like that, but just trying to cut down on the meat intake just as an experiment. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of jackfruit and tempeh. And I'm a huge fan of people being jackfruit. So, you know, if I say, hey, you're a freaking jackfruit, that's a compliment. I just want yeah, you to don't, know that. Don't be offended. Right? Yeah. Anyway, to me, jackfruit and tempeh are just fantastic. I don't like tofu. I know tempeh and tofu are both soy, but tempeh is, it's different. It's just a different type of fermented soy. It's so much better. Anyway, Sarah made two really amazing dishes with both of these ingredients. And oh my, they were, they were really good. It was like a, a tempeh stir fry that she made with vegetables and all kinds, you know, it's really, really good flavor. And the jackfruit was basically like a, um, kind of like fajitas. So instead of doing like chicken fajitas, it was a uh, jackfruit fajita. Hmm. It's really good, dude. And oh, good. to me, jackfruit, you know, if it's seasoned right, it just, it, it has very similar texture to either like a shredded beef or a shredded chicken and has good flavor. It's just, it's nice. So yeah. anyway, check it out. If you're interested good. in that, check those things out. And oh my gosh, here's another way to just bring your spirits up. Good freaking music. Who doesn't want good music? Anyone? One, two, three, not it. Anyone? All right. All right. So first of all, everybody's been talking about how just amazing Billie Eilish is and her music is so great and blah, 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 blah. I've heard some stuff. I don't mind it. I'm not like, you know, Lady Gaga over all of it. Sorry. I had to throw that one in. Sorry. <laughs> um, I like Lady Gaga. I know. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Um, I don't really know um, what she sings. I just think she's pretty awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Lady or Billy? Lady Gaga. I don't even know who Billy Eilish is. So she's a, what, I think she just turned 18 or something like that, or I don't really know, but she's a younger semi-pop artist. I mean, people call her pop, but I don't know, man. She's, she's super, gosh, what would be the word? Like almost ethereal. I don't know if ethereal. Okay. You just got to listen to it, but she's got yeah. this like super soft, like almost um, mesmerizing voice. Hmm. And her music's okay. kind of chill and I will check her out. Got a cool be driving fair. beat. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. It's fascinating. Okay. But I did find one song that I actually really like and it's called everything I wanted. I actually do like that song, but it's interesting. Let's put it that way. It's interesting. So check it out. Okay. Uh, dude, I found this song by, I'd never heard of this group. They're called the who. So H U and Papa Roach. I think the lead singer of Papa Roach is who's in it. Does a little guest appearance. This song's called Wolf Totem. I don't know how to explain it. It's like rock meets like Native American tribal music. It's really weird and so cool at the same time. And they're doing like this kind of thing, you know, and it's like, it's so good, dude. So check it out. It's just, it's bizarrely awesome. And again, all these are on my actual Spotify list. So if you want to know what they are, I'm mentioning them now, but just go into my Spotify list. The, the, TRB's gloriousness, new music. Check that out. And then, my gosh, I found this song and it's by Sieb and Neve. <laughs> this is two different artists. Sieb is, you know, S E E B and Neve is which is E E V, which is B's backwards, by the way. Go yeah, ahead. and Veen backwards. Uh, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But my point is, um, they do a song called Breathe. Also, just a really fascinating song. It's, it's super catchy. And actually, this song helped me to gain some significant clarity. I had it on repeat and I was at a coffee shop doing some stuff 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this song's like helping me to really focus. And I got huh. so many cool, like, you know, realizations and clarity and other things like that. I was just, I was rocking it. <laughs> it was really, so, you know, you find songs like that once in a while that'll just get you that clarity. Dude, you too. You remember you too? Who does Do I remember you too? Does anyone not remember you too? They're back. Sunday, bloody Sunday, man. Sunday, bloody Sunday. That was a great time in Ireland. Uh, so no, no, not at all. No, terrible, <laughs> terrible time. They're back with a new song. I haven't heard uh, them do anything new for shoot. I don't know. Years, years. And this song is, I don't actually have any idea what it's about or what the lyrics are, but the music is beautiful. And it actually, does, it doesn't sound like Bono's lost any vocal quality. He sounds normal. It's well, actually impressive. Uh, the, the last time we heard you two was a few years ago when they hijacked our iTunes accounts and one of their new album, I think was downloaded into everyone's iTunes, even though if they didn't want it or not. And it was kind of a big controversy. Oh, yeah. When was that like 2015 or something like that? I don't know. Anyway, that's the last time they were in the limelight. Well, and that album so. wasn't very good. and Yeah. Eh. And speaking of limelight, I just want to throw in RIP to Neil Pert, drummer for Rush. Yeah. Uh, he died last or a week or so ago. And yeah, boy, that, that's sad. Yeah, I know, man. That's, that's too bad. He was a genius musician and yeah. songwriter and just kind of a leader in the music industry. So I've been playing a lot of Rush again nice. uh, lately I'm on my Spotify, but he's still ahead. to this day. One of the best drummers I've ever heard ever. Yes. Hands down. One of the top five drummers. Amazing. Most, most rock, most rock experts agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And some would say he's the best drummer ever. And, and I would not disagree with those people. He's just fantastic, but yeah, it's too bad. I know he was struggling for a while with his health and apparently it got the best of him. Yeah, but anyway, so do check out that new U2 song. It is interesting. It actually kind of has a hearkening to their old stuff, actually. So it's it's good. And speaking of people that are kind of making a comeback, Dolly Parton. So bizarre. She's still alive. <laughs> you always ask that question about people. <laughs> She's still alive. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, you can tell her voice is aging. She has a little bit of that that you know uh, waver, if you want to call it that. But, you know, still has the chords, man, gets up there. I was surprised because all of a sudden, you know, all these new songs that I groups that I listen to, all of these new songs are featuring Dolly Parton. And then I'm like, she's like on this like crazy new resurgence rampage or something like that. Man, I'm back. Yeah, she's doing the Johnny Cash thing from about 20 years ago where yeah. he was in everything and then all of a sudden he was gone. Well, so I hope she doesn't just drop dead. But um, anyway, I'm appreciative of it. I actually think she had some really cool vocal flair to a lot of these new songs, but she's just guesting. That's all it is. Love it, though. I'm not a, like a huge Dolly Parton fan, per se. I mean, I never really listened to most of her music, but I'm just saying yeah. like she had talent and I'm impressed that she's back and I'm proud of her for coming back. And I think it's really cool because I love seeing artists when they get older, you know, they can't sing the same, but I love seeing them come back and give it their all, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Another sure. song. If you just want something encouraging social club misfits song called doom, it's nice. It's good. All right, there you go. There's some musical encouragements for you to uh, end your week. Correct. But as I always say, no week Nay, no life would be complete without the deepest words of wisdom from our friend. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. Whenever someone tells me I have a chip on my shoulder, I want to get really excited. Because what if there really were a chip on my shoulder? That would be great if I were hungry. But then I'd be disappointed if it were just the one chip. Well, on that note, I'm going to go get some chips right now. Time to go. Uh, 
Woo! Ah, I guess some of those uh, malt vinegar, sea salt chips, the gaming chips. Mm. Yeah, you're just going to be chomping on chips all night on game night now that you can't play with us anymore. Chomping. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting there watching you guys and chomping <coughs> on chips. Yeah. <coughs> you know what the music means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. It has been a pleasure as always. Go to realbryanshow.com for, you know, show notes and all that good stuff. Realbryanshow.com slash 195 already for this week's show notes. Keep, keep going. Keep rocking. Have a really great week. Unleash your superheroes. And again, thank you for joining us. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.